Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com. It's Friday, June 25th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. There is an effort in Illinois to make it the second state to allow trans people to correct their names on a marriage certificate, even after going through a legal name change. If you make demands on trans people to make sure the documents are correct, then you also have to make all the documents available. That's basically how I see it. We'll examine that effort in just a few minutes. The number of people receiving the COVID-19 vaccine is falling in Missouri, with daily doses down 85 percent since their peak in April. 8,000 people are getting the vaccine each day. St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Fentum reports St. Louis health officials are trying to convince individual patients to get their shots. Health officials are no longer using large-scale clinics to administer thousands of shots a day. Instead, the St. Louis Health Department is now working with community organizations to convince people to get the vaccine. Acting Health Director Dr. Fred Eccles says helping existing organizations hold clinics builds on the trust residents have in those organizations. He says they're working particularly with groups that cater to black people, Latinos, and immigrants. Our goal is at this point is to make sure that we're hearing the community uh, and that we're doing our very best to dispel any myths and misinformation uh, that is circulating and provide them not only with accurate information, but with opportunity to receive a vaccine. The department is holding vaccination clinics with the Boys and Girls Club, STL Juntos, and Casa de Salud. I'm Sarah Fenton, St. Louis Public Radio. A new statewide task force is looking into what's holding Missouri women back from finding jobs and advancing their careers. Women's participation in the workforce dropped to its lowest level since the 1980s during the pandemic. Wendy Doyle is leading the task force. The CEO of the nonprofit United Women's Empowerment says increasing access to high-quality, affordable child care will be a priority. The child care impact really hit the small business industry pretty pretty significantly for women-owned businesses. And that held true in Missouri as well. So, you know, it's not an easy solution. The task force plans to host a series of town hall meetings over the next few months and release a report by Thanksgiving with policy recommendations for lawmakers. Job centers in St. Louis County are seeing nearly twice as many young people seek out their services this year compared to 2020. As St. Louis Public Radio's Corinne Ruff reports, workforce development leaders say training and employing young people is a critical part of economic recovery. When businesses shut down last spring due to the COVID-19 pandemic, that meant many young people couldn't get the same kind of on-the-job training. Greg Laposa is the Director of Workforce Development for St. Louis County, and he oversees a youth job training program that matches about 100 people with work opportunities. He says businesses are now more eager to hire, and more young people are looking for jobs. Youth employment has always been important to a local economy, and our society and our community is healthier when young people have opportunities to earn an income, to gain that valuable work experience. But Laposa says youth employment programs in the county need more resources so young people can develop the skills they need. I'm Corinne Ruff, St. Louis Public Radio. Washington University scientists have identified new strains of bacteria that suck up carbon dioxide and could help counteract climate change. As St. Louis Public Radio's Shayla Farzan reports, 
the microbes have a surprising way of creating energy. The bacteria, called photoferrotrophs, rely on an ancient way of powering themselves. They steal electricity from iron. Scientists used to think this was a rare trait, but research from WashU suggests it's more common than we thought. The study tested 15 different strains of bacteria from wetlands in Cape Cod, and all of them had this kind of metabolism. I was kind of shocked. WashU microbiologist Arpita Bose says it's important to understand how widespread these bacteria are because they also absorb carbon dioxide. It's possible that these organisms do make a massive contribution. Bose says conserving wetlands and these microbes could play an important role in fighting climate change. I'm Shayla Farzan, St. Louis Public Radio. Most states do not allow trans people to correct their names on marriage certificates, even after going through a legal name change. Christine Hatfield reports legislators and advocates in Illinois hope to make it the second state to permit marriage certificate name changes. Kato Lindholm says he's had a fairly good experience as a trans man living in the Chicago suburbs. He says he feels like he really hasn't had problems until he needed to get his name changed on his marriage certificate. When the whole marriage certificate came about, uh, suddenly it was a roadblock and it couldn't be done. And, you know, I did not understand that, to be honest. <laughs> Lindholm has to use his marriage certificate to prove he's married to his partner so he can go on his partner's health insurance. He says the barrier adds emotional stress to the process. Every time, you know, you, you get that little bit of sweat, you get that little bit of okay, now I have to out myself. Will this work? And that's why this is important. You know, I shouldn't have to, to have to go through that process. Lindholm says he knows government can be slow, but it should be there to serve people. If you make demands on trans people to make sure the documents are correct, then you also have to make all the documents available. That's basically how I see it. And that's how State Senator Sarah Feigenholtz of Chicago sees it. She's the Senate sponsor on the bill that would make it possible for trans people to get their marriage certificates changed to the right name. This is really just an alignment thing. You know, your marriage certificate, your birth certificate, all of these important documents have to reflect the same thing. The bill would make it so county clerks have to issue a new marriage certificate when they receive legal documents indicating a name change. Feigenholtz says it's ridiculous to limit how people can get their documents aligned. Marriage certificates that limit like choices to bride and groom or force people to take their dead name and use it or to keep it and have it around. It's not a reflection of who they are or what their marriage looks like today. The bill could also help eliminate some of the stigma and discrimination trans people face. That's according to Mike Ziri, the director of public policy with LGBTQ advocacy group Equality Illinois. It's being able to reduce those barriers, the possible harassment um, that would come from having all your other documents aligned except the marriage certificate. Other advocates say this proposal is such a small thing compared to the other issues trans people can face. Elizabeth Ricks is a legal director and staff attorney with the organization Chicago House, which runs the Trans Life Care Program. We have trained people to consider it a gift just to have legislation that makes it so you don't get murdered as easily, right? There isn't expansive, thriving legislation encouraging people's lives and breaking out of the system of laws written by cis people 
through a cis lens. Cisgender people are people who identify with the gender they were assigned at birth. Rick says when efforts to fix the marriage certificate law started, no state allowed for name changes on those documents. California eventually became the first state to allow marriage certificate name changes. Rick says laws like those aren't creating special privileges. She says they're including people who've been left out up to this point. We have a very narrow set of laws that only fit a narrow set of people, and and we have a lot of catching up to do (laughs) Um, to make laws that make sense for everyone. Rick says she hopes other states will follow Illinois' lead. I think we're really lucky to be in Illinois where we can do these forward-moving bills that go and fill in these gaps instead of always having to play defense like our colleagues in other states where trans kids are being denied health care and access to educational activities. As for Senator Feigenholtz, she says she wants to keep taking steps ahead for the trans community in Illinois so people can live a life that reflects their identity. We're fully aware that the trans community has taken a, a really huge burden and and these archaic laws are going to change. The bill passed the Illinois House and Senate on bipartisan votes in April and May, respectively. It awaits a potential signature from Governor J.B. Pritzker. I'm Christine Hatfield. And that's the final report we'll have from Christine, at least for a while. She's moving on to the next chapter in her career, and we wish her the best. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio. We are a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. Have a great weekend. This has been The Gateway. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.